You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. We are going to nerd out on today's episode, my friend. It's going to be a good one. Oh, man. Okay, so backstory real fast. Earlier this year on my Instagram stories, I was talking about the concept of silent wealth and how Andrew and I wanted to not only work towards as entrepreneurs, diversifying our income to have multiple streams, like, you know, that's smart to do, but specifically also to make sure that a good chunk of those streams of income were coming from business avenues that weren't necessarily attached to my face. Like a personal goal that we have is to have like all of our bills um, and it like, well, yeah, bills (laughs) paid, like basically to live monthly with money that is um, not attached to like the personal brand of, of my face, right? And I had a lot of you that were like, wait, what? I'm so curious about this. What's silent wealth? Why should I even need revenue streams that aren't talked about publicly? Like, can you please talk about this on the podcast? So today, my friend, that is what we are doing. We are here. We are going to talk about it. And if you aren't familiar with the term silent wealth, it's basically essentially the concept of having income and investments and revenue streams come in, like getting paid, that are not attached to your name, your face, or any other brand that you may have publicly, right? So it's probably... (laughs) A little fascinating. And we're also not coming at this from like the experience of like, yeah, I'm doing this. We're being honest and talking about like our goals in life as entrepreneurs and how we're working towards those and giving you some ideas as well in today's episode. So we're super excited to dive into this topic and, you know, discuss just the how, the why, and the what of building silent wealth. So if you're intrigued by the idea of having multiple income and revenue streams detached from your public image, then you are going to love this conversation. Yes, yes, the queens, I know this is weird, but the queens of personal branding are about to to discuss how to make money without your face. Yes, I'm excited. Let's dive on in. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, we are ready to dive on into this topic. Lindsay and I actually talk about this a ton as just like friends and like this is this is a very common topic with us with our spouses with you know our friends with each other like yeah. we we're just big on this and i know this also might feel weird because you know we're very big on personal branding and social media marketing and right. especially personal branding social media marketing well like things we, that have like our faces attached to them yeah like we built all of our businesses having all of our faces very attached to them yeah and we're, we're pretty good at it i would say <laughs> i mean like but, but that's that's why this episode is a little ironic because it's like we have like built even the heart on on education that is mainly teaching you how to build a personal brand and really how to excel at that. Not that you can't use the principles with a business that doesn't have a face attached to it at all. But in general, this is almost like a little pivot of like, wait, you guys are talking about building silent wealth. Like, wait, I can make money. I feel like all the introverts out there are like, yes, rise. I'm (laughs) so excited. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, we've talked about it before, but like our area of strength and expertise and all, like a ton of our experience has all come from like personal branding. However, something that we've both like really learned in the last like, you know, five plus years as we've really grown in business is just the immense value of not only diversifying your income, which I know we've talked about a lot, but in addition, like making a good chunk of your income as an entrepreneur, like be from a business or investments or whatever that aren't attached to your face, like AKA where you and you alone aren't the figurehead and the face and the heart beat like behind your company. Like it's, there's a lot to it. So why don't we just dive into like, yeah, why? Like why yeah. why is it a good idea? Well, and before I attach the why, I said this, I think in the intro, but I, we're coming at this, like we're letting you into our friend chat because we're not yeah. sitting here like, oh, we we have all these silent businesses. Like we have I a mean, few, obviously, gonna say, streams <laughs> of income. But, but what I'm saying is like, it's not like I own like a donut shop down the street that, that no, I don't talk about ever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's- we're not coming here and teaching you how to do it exactly. We're almost letting you into our friend conversation of like, hey, these are our goals in the future. And this, we want to like, which I think is kind of more fun because it's like letting you in on like, hey, this is what we're personally growing towards. This is why we're personally growing towards it and all of that. So let's get into the why. Why is it even relevant to even have like associated income come in that that no one knows about or that isn't just like publicly attached to like a personal brand on Instagram or a website like lindsayroman.com, right? Like why is it relevant to have money coming in from something that's not lindsayroman.com, right? For me, that's obviously an example. Um, number one, it can get exhausting. If you showing up like physically with your face, with your voice, with your image, whatever, is the only way that you can make money, what happens when you need a break? What happens when you have a tragedy in your life and you need to take a step back? And obviously there are situations where even in a personal brand, if you have a team, if you have a VA, like you, that's, that's a different story a little bit. Cause it's like, oh, well, yeah. Like when I had a miscarriage, like my team took over, it wasn't like my business completely fell out of me. Right. But this is just like one of the, like, we have a lot of nuggets of whys, but that's just like one nugget of why, which is like, it can be so exhausting. Like even the heart, even the heart, like we're the faces of it. And we're, we're actually trying to slowly even navigate how to grow this company so that it's not just like the Lindsay and Evie show. Yeah. It's which not like purely reliant on us and our faces because right. we have an incredible team who knows so much, but it's interesting yeah. to us that like a lot of people don't realize the expertise or the value or the experience or, you know, whatever that a lot of our team can have. And so we're like, okay, you know, how can we make ourselves less of the sole faces of this company and this brand? Right. Right, right. So that's kind of the first one is just like, hey, it can be exhausting to do everything, to make money only from your face and your public image, right? Yeah. And kind of along with that is number two, which is cancel culture is real, y'all. It is real. Like real talk. We are living in a world where if you say one wrong thing, people can just automatically decide to not support you. And then they can rally and get other people to agree to not support you, whether, you know, you they know you or not. Like the internet, I think, just internet culture in general, and then just how like divisive our world is, which is so sad. It can just, it, it we've been in a world where, or we, we are now in a world, I think, where it's just like having a public online image just with like hate comments and people's opinions. Like you say one wrong thing and they slander your entire reputation, yeah. right? Like that's just like real talk. 
Yeah. <laughs> or you just do one wrong thing. Like I know this is on the day we're recording this. I think the Met Gala was last night or like a couple days ago. I, I honestly don't know. But uh-huh. Addison Ray went to the Met Gala. Oh, and I, I don't know this. Tell me the tea. Oh, it just, she just went to the Met Gala and now all of these people across the internet are like, why the hell oh, is she at like the Met Gala? She's just a TikToker. She did nothing. How is she even famous? Like, blah, blah, blah. They're just like so like angry and upset at her. And I was just like observing this and I was like, she literally said nothing wrong. She literally did nothing wrong. Yeah. Like she just attended an event that she got invited to, like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And all right. of a sudden, like, obviously I don't think she's going to get canceled for this in any way. But there's this whole people like, have public, uh, like people yeah. are just like slandering her name and being like, she's just like this spoiled rich girl who like blah, blah, like, you know, all this stuff that's like, this is funny because this, mor- this morning me and Andrew were talking about the Met Gala, but we were not talking about Addison Ray. We were talking about AOC showing up with a tax the rich dress to a, a, oh. a like a rich private event. And we were laughing about that because we were like, the irony. Okay. She, she, she showed up with a tax the rich dress with a designer gown at an event that costs $30,000 to even get into. <laughs> Anyways, that's a that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. But no, I didn't hear just, about the Addison Ray thing. I was just I was convinced <laughs> because Andrew listens to certain news and he was telling me about it. Anyways. That's funny. Well, that's just that's just something to like show you. Like it, to me, that just popped in my head because I'm like, literally, Addison did nothing wrong. Right. Like, but yet all of these people are coming against her, and it's it's just interesting how like. The more public your face gets, mm -hmm. and if you're making money on that public face. Yep. Like, people have opinions. They can twist, like, your actions. They can twist your words. Or you can genuinely make a mistake and do something wrong or say something wrong, and then, bam, like, you are The internet will never let you forget it. Yeah, like, you're out of— And the internet does not give grace like the glory of God does. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a gospel preaching there. (laughs) I mean, but real talk, like, when we mess up because everyone's human— God gives you grace. The internet, another story. Yeah. Um, I think I've learned this, I think, over the last like two years of just like, oh, wow. Especially if you are somebody who might be a believer like us or not even a believer. Like you could just have any certain conviction that is not maybe publicized like or, or super common. It, it yeah. goes maybe a little bit against or just like is different than mainstream. If you have any opinion like that, and you feel called to publicize it in any way, that's where it's it can get so tricky to stand firm in your convictions and then be bold about them while also trying to run a business with your public face. Because again, you say one wrong thing to somebody else that they don't agree with and your entire business comes crumbling. Not that that always happens, but yeah, it's but just there's something a, there's like, a risk. Right, exactly. There is a risk. And I mean, there's a risk with almost any type of business that you create, but that's why having a diversified investment portfolio or revenue is so beneficial is because you recognize, okay, if you know, if one engine goes out on this plane, I have five engines, I'm okay. Whereas if you're only operating on like a one end, like one engine, if that engine like goes out or even like sputters for a bit, like you're going down. Like that's just the reality that you have to like kind of realize. There's risks with anything. But part of the value of building silent wealth and having it not attached to your name or your face or anything like that is that, you know, if that personal brand engine goes out, like you still have engines right. that are operating where you're still on smooth sailing. Right. And before we move on, I, I real quick want to like just mention, like, I, I don't want to come at this 
opinion or this topic from a fear-based perspective of like, oh my gosh, like the Lord does not provide. Like if I ever share like my biblical convictions or whatever conviction you might personally have, like, oh my gosh, my business will be destroyed. Like we don't want to say that because I believe the Lord does bless you when you stand firm in like what he, like the truth of what he says. Like I I absolutely believe that. So I don't want to be like, Oh no, you say something biblical and you offend someone. Yeah, and or they just will like, tear you down. Or just if you say anything like wrong right. or if you attend the Met Gala or like anything yeah. like that. Like we're not trying to you say have to be, yeah. Yeah. I think, but we we are like, I don't feel any fear over it, over like my personal brand or anything like that. I don't think Lindsay, you do either in any mm-hmm. way. But like there's a it's difference between feeling fear and just being aware and recognizing like, okay, what can I, you know, work towards? Um, and we'll we'll talk about that later. But like if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh my gosh. I'm resonating. I need to change something. I need to start building silent wealth. But like, oh my gosh, I'm still trying to build my personal brand. Like I'm just getting started. Like, oh my gosh, like don't feel overwhelmed. Like you don't have to do everything at once. Like Lindsay and I spent years building up like multiple personal brands before we're now like in the past like year or two really starting to pay attention to like silent wealth and diversifying like, you know, quieter revenue streams and and other things like that. So you do not have to do it at once. Just wanted to say that. And I think I will say the last thing before we move on is is by having multiple revenue streams, it gives you the freedom to be able to stand firm in your convictions if you want to publicly. If that, like that makes, like it's like you no longer would be sitting there like, oh, every single ounce of my income is coming from one business that if that is attached to my face and if I say the wrong thing, all of a sudden I'm broke or, or something like that. So it's like, yeah. It's just, it's. I think it's super smart to diversify. So yeah. kind of moving on, what is silent wealth, right? Like, I think we kind of already said this, but it's basically revenue streams that are not attached to your name or face. We got yes. You got that. So you let's talk about that. some examples. Let's dive into some of those. So getting started, uh, selling products online, like selling on Amazon or selling on Etsy or anything like that, like that most likely has nothing to do with your face unless you're choosing to have it be a personal brand, you know, yeah. to accelerate that marketing in in that aspect. Well, and I think even product shops you could go either way. You could have a product that is attached to your face because even if you have an Etsy, you probably still have an Instagram. And this doesn't mean that you can't have an Instagram. It We're just talking about like having a business that you're, you're not like the known owner necessarily. And it's not it, all about you like with your name. Like you can show up on your stories and be like, okay, let's walk through like, you know, the, the inventory that just came in or something like that. But yeah. it's not like, hey, so here's what I did with my morning. And like, right. it's, it's just a little bit more like detached from your personhood, if that makes sense. Right. I'm thinking of like a jewelry like company that would sell on Etsy, but also has like an Instagram. But like, the, like Julie, maybe who owns the jewelry company, it's not the Julie show. It's like, it's her business. But like, yeah. like I'm thinking of uh, Made by Mary. Well, maybe that's a bad example because it's Mary, but I don't know who Mary is. Even to this day, like I look at that that company and I'm like, yeah. I don't know who Mary is. Yep, it's like, a, it's a company that is also using like storytelling. It's like, they're using all the marketing things that are great, but it's not obviously attached to like a person. And if it is, I don't know that person. So maybe it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I feel like that's a good example, but yeah. So selling products online, Amazon or Etsy, they don't even have to Mm -hmm. be something that you're creating. They can be something that you're sourcing, wholesaling, and then reselling. Yeah. 
Yeah. The next one is real estate investments. This one's maybe more of an obvious one. And we've talked about this again before when we've talked about diversifying income. I think real estate is a really great way to diversify your income, especially as you're growing in just learning how to diversify and getting more investments. But there's obviously long-term and there's short-term or there's commercial real estate. Yeah. This is like a goal of me and Andrew's to like own an apartment building. Like that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, ours too. No. That's literally Lane and I have had so many conversations. We have we have a lot of like we already have a little bit of real estate investment. I know you and Andrew do too as well. Um, just like that's one of the mm-hmm. investment diversifications that we've both kind of done and to an extent. Well, what's cool is like it can be silent and like yeah. you know, yeah, it's just a really great way to diversify your income and it does not have to be attached to your face whatsoever. Yeah. So that's that's a, great one. a huge one that I think a lot of people should look into and a lot of things. But the other, number three, is uh, brick and mortar companies. For example, like coffee shops or boutiques or gyms, like opening something, you know, open a coffee, sh- coffee shop in your local town. If you know that like you really don't have one and everyone's always complaining about it, like pay attention to that and be like, huh, yeah. could I, you know, get started in that? And could I maybe find some investors to help invest and, you know, like whatever, like think outside yeah. of the box. Well, oh, I want to talk about what you just said, though, because I think a lot of people think that y- y'all need to expand your minds. <laughs> that sounded that sounded, ed- that sounded that condescending. Sounded <laughs> it really did. I was not trying to sound condescending at all. I meant like, I think a lot of people, especially beginner entrepreneurs, like, I didn't know this. Like, I'm speaking to myself. I did not know this when I first got into business. I had no idea the business world that that you could, because again, the school does not teach this to you. Even, even I minored in business in college, did not teach, did not learn this at all. I learned about accounting. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> I outsourced that. Uh, but like, I, people don't realize that I think they think, oh, in order to like start a coffee shop, I need like $200,000 to invest in it. And it's like, you can get silent investors. Like yeah. you can go to people that have money and either offer equity, start watching Shark Tank. That's a great just beginner resource. <laughs> <laughs> but like you can go to people that have money that can like either you'll give them equity in the business or you take on debt and you'll pay them back later. Like whatever you want to do. Like there's just different ways to get capital to start like a brick and especially because brick and mortar does require it's high a lot of upfront capital. Yeah. 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 Versus like an online business that's like, oh, I'm gonna sell macrame that's a little bit less of an investment uh, right from the get-go. But I just wanted to talk about that because I was like, that's like a good thing that like people don't realize that they can like go to investors, which is a scary thought because you're asking people for money. Well, and it does require a lot of work. Like you have to be intentional with your business plan. You have to know your numbers. You have to know, like you have to put in the work. Yep. Again, watch Shark Tank. The people that are not prepared, you just watch it. It's fun. (laughs) They go go bye-bye. Yeah. Um, but yes, I've learned so much about business just by watching that. That's yeah, great. <laughs> Love that so much. Photographers, listen up. Do you struggle with editing in Lightroom? Are you confused as heck about organizing catalogs, backing up your images, calling takes you actual ages, and editing as a whole just leaves you feeling discouraged and frustrated and maybe bored too? If that is you, consider us a Santa on Christmas morning because we have a completely free Lightroom challenge for you that walks you through everything we just mentioned, including a bunch of tricks and hacks that make editing in Lightroom a million times easier and faster. The challenge includes five videos, roughly 30 to 50 minutes each of Evie and I tackling some of the trickiest topics on editing and teaching you exactly how we use Lightroom to edit drool-worthy photos. We cover our favorite tools within Lightroom that will change your editing game, and we teach you how we import 
Cole, upload, backup, and catalog our photos in a way that is efficient, fast, and reliable. You don't want to miss this challenge, my friend. And if your editing needs a refresh and you just want to know how we edit our photos, this is the place to be. Sign up and join the challenge at theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. And we can't wait to see you there. Do you feel like every time you send an email to an inquiring client, there's crickets? You're never getting clients to respond back to you and you're just sitting there like, what the heck am I doing wrong? Well, my friend, we're about to solve your problem for free. Did you know that the most important part of the very first email you send an inquiry is your pricing guide? (gasps) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yes, and your pricing guide should be an avalanche of professional excellence, details, problem solving, and information for your ideal client. They should walk away from that pricing guide asking, where the heck has this person been my whole life? Now, if your pricing guide isn't leaving your clients in awe, then you need to change it. Now, we are about to help you do just that with our free guide, Seven Essentials to Include in Your Pricing Guide. If you are ready to level up and prove your value to your clients, you need this. Head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash guide dash freebie to snag it theheartuniversity.com forward slash guide dash freebie. Okay. Number four, Lindsay, why don't you go ahead and talk about purchasing? Yeah. So, okay. So we just talked about like brick and mortar companies and we were kind of talking about it from the perspective of starting Starting. your own, right? Like, oh, I want to start a gym or I want to start a restaurant or a coffee shop or, or whatever. But there's another thing that you can do. You can purchase businesses that already exist, which actually is kind of even easy. Or not, I don't want to say it's easier. I haven't done it personally, so I'm just not going to say that yet. <laughs> but it's it's not like you have to build a brand and a business from the ground up. You could take something that's already running and just even make it better or just continue it. So a really great website that is kind of like the Craigslist for businesses is loopnet.com. That's L-O-O-P-N-E-T.com, loopnet. Um, if you go to like the businesses for sale category on there, you can. I think you can do commercial like investments too on there. But there's a businesses for sale area on there that you can like type in your town or your industry um, and see if there's businesses for sale. And you might be surprised, like just literally just go in right now to your town and like type in whatever and like see what businesses are for sale in your town. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I have, a, I have a couple of friends that uh, I, this is where we got the idea from. Cause we were like, me and Andrew had never thought at all about like, Oh wait, like stepping into just, an already existing company. Right. Like, especially as an entrepreneur, you're like, oh, I want to start my own thing. I'm, I'm the so ground excited. up. I'm the ground, a startup. Yes. But like, <laughs> like that might be the more flashy option or not even the flashy, just like the more like, oh, if you're a dreamer, you want to like start your own thing. But if something already exists. So we have friends that uh, in their town, they uh, bought a, like a donut shop. They bought I can't remember, like an ice cream shop and like different things like that, that I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like they took a business that already existed and made it better, right? Like, and I think people assume that, that again, you have to start from the ground up, but if you buy something that already has proof of success, like that's great. And I think even obviously buying a business is a lot of money, right? Like you're buying an entire business and you might be like, oh, that's a lot of capital investment again. However, think about it in the way of like, okay, say a business is making like $50,000 a year, right? Maybe it's like a small little like coffee shop that's making $50,000 a year and you buy it for, I don't know how much, whatever, maybe 125, 125, right. Yeah. You buy this coffee shop for 125K and you're like, oh, well, 
I'm now in debt 125K or, or whatever, and it's only going to make 50K a year. So it's going to take me a hot minute to pay that back. Mm-hmm. However, maybe you have a great business brain and you take the, the proof of success of that coffee shop and now you apply like your marketing knowledge. You make it better. You make like employees, I don't know, you, you do you things just change the business. Things. Yeah, you, you find the areas of weakness and you improve them. And so you take now the gross amount of money that it's making a year, which was 50K, and you now make it up to 80K. Well, you just now made 30K extra than what it was doing before. And now you can pay off that business like in a few years. And all of a sudden, then you're going to be profitable. Yeah. Like immediately after that's done. Yep. So I think just like people don't realize you can buy businesses. Yeah, I mean, we. I don't think Lindsay and I knew that up until. I mean, I, didn't I, know that. I knew that of like, of course, like you know, coming in and like, what was it? Uh, uh, Twitter bought Snapchat or like something like like. Of course, you, you hear know. of it far off. You don't hear of it, it, it like in realize, a sense of like, yeah. oh wait, the average Joe can just do this. Yeah, you don't think about like, or you hear like, oh yeah, somebody like it's under new ownership. Like somebody bought like the huge like Planet Fitness or you know whatever. It's like, but you don't think about like, oh that coffee shop like in my town they're selling yeah. it. Like, and I could go in and buy it and make it like dope. So there's yeah. just a lot that goes into that. But then the next thing that a lot of us I don't think know about at all, like some examples of like a. a silent wealth opportunity, you can literally buy FedEx routes. And yeah, Andrew researched I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know this either. He researched this the other day. The other day, it was like a lot, a month ago. Uh, but literally, because he, again, we were like researching into building like silent wealth. Um, su- surprise, we own a FedEx. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That'd be um, fun. But, but apparently how FedEx works is that you can like buy routes and it's it's like FedEx supplies, I think the truck and the uniform or, or something like that, but basically you own it. So like you own the employees that are r- running the route and like then FedEx paid. Is, he, is it FedEx? Yeah, it's FedEx. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I just like, I was blown away by that. It's like, oh, that's like another form of buying a business. Again, you don't need a fancy Instagram with like an account to like talk about how you're going to make money with your FedEx. Like, no, what, that's like, what people can't see right now is that like your little twirling of your hair, like you're doing this, like you're like this fancy Instagram and you're like twirling your hair, like, so they can't see that. It was it was a look. Gosh. Anyways, <laughs> buying FedEx routes and then let's just run through a couple of the others too really fast is like yeah. you can invest in other businesses. Like we were saying before, like if you're starting your own, like have a silent investor, you could be that silent investor for another company. Like yeah. you could invest in, you know, there are like, uh, you could invest in real estate. You could invest in, you know, like just at, where you're giving the money to, you know, somebody else who's going to be investing that into something else. Like yeah. whatever. You invest can be a in- shark. Yeah. Again, watch Shark Tank. (laughs) Um, The other thing is that you could invest in stocks or anything like that, you know, mutual funds. Like there's just a lot of opportunities that you could invest your money directly into something where you don't actually have to do any sort of management or any sort of work. As long as you've done your research, you just plug in the money and then you see the results coming in. Yeah. And then the last one, is obviously you can start your own company just like just like you would with a personal brand, but you intentionally create a brand that isn't attached to you specifically. I kind of already gave that like jewelry example as as an example that had like, oh, they still have a solid brand mission, but it, like you don't know who Mary is or if Mary is even the person that owns that made by Mary. Uh, some yeah. other examples is like Away Luggage. Away Luggage is an incredible company. They're wildly successful. I don't know who owns it. I don't know. Like, do you? You don't. No. I just gave you the answer. You don't. <laughs> uh, or like HelloFresh. 
Do we yeah. know like publicly who owns HelloFresh? I mean, I mean I'm sure you, you could find it. that. Yeah, you could find that information, but, but like it's, it's, not it's not a like a way. Brand. It's not like a way or HelloFresh thrives off of their their CEO figurehead being the face of their company. Like yeah. no, and yet it still feels like a very down to earth, relatable like connection yeah. like brand that you're like oh like I you know I you don't feel like you're like at a Walmart like. It's there's still that that personal connection which comes from the brand mission, which is a whole other marketing conversation that we should have. Right. So right. overall, That's we good. just wanted to give you like a super brief rundown of like what silent wealth is, why it's so important to consider or even act upon if you're in that that place or you know, put it on like the what shelf. We're for personally future. working towards yeah. in our own lives of yeah. like diversifying Slowly. income. I feel like this is like almost like a part two of like the diversifying income episode, which I can't remember off the top of my head what episode that was. Yeah, I know. I, we're we're figuring it out. We both have like a couple of engines running outside of like our personal brands, but like we're ready to continue to expand. So totally. as, as we learn stuff and build more engines onto our, our aircraft, we will obviously like maybe not tell you what our engines are, but... Well, that's the whole beauty is like, if we're doing it, you won't know because it's silent. It's true. That's why like whenever I say like, oh, I own four companies or like whatever, people are like, well, what's the fourth company? Like, you know, and I'm like, well, actually that's not public information. Like it's... <laughs> Because it's not public information. (laughs) Yeah. Everything else is is attached to my face right now. So, you know, we're going to keep some things quiet. But anyways, we just wanted to talk to you about this. And then also, I just want to tag on this reminder towards the end. Like, please remember that you do not have to create everything or do everything or build everything all at once. So if you're currently building like a personal brand, that is amazing. We don't want this episode to downplay the value of personal brands. Like we love those. That's, that's our specialty. Like that's our, that's our heart and soul. Like that's where we started. That's what we love. So focus on building that personal brand. If you're in the middle of it to a place where it's stable and sustainable and you're feeling good about where you are. And then that's the time to maybe start looking into expanding into some silent wealth building. Or, you know, on the opposite, you could build your silent wealth first and then your personal brand later. Like we're not trying to to downplay the value of personal branding because that is so powerful. Like you can go and that's so That's how far. we built everything that we've built, like yeah. that you know about. Yeah. So we are not trying to downplay that, but we're also trying to say like, it's not the only thing. And we're also like being very aware in our own personal like lives and businesses to like diversify and, and build silent wealth behind the scenes. Yeah. But also like, don't try to do it all at once because you can't do everything at once and you'll you'll crash and burn. So, yeah. yeah. That was good. I love All right, it. we'll go kill it today. We hope that was like insightful. I hope you learned a lot. Um, yeah, got the wheels turning. We, again, we learned like this in the last like couple of years of just like, well, like a couple of these things, but just like, especially the FedEx thing, that blew my mind. Um, <laughs> but I hope that this gave you just like a wider perspective to go out and like think like a smart business owner and be like, oh, wow, how can I invest in in different aspects in the future that aren't necessarily attached to my face? How can I steward what God's given me really well, take the money that I've earned from maybe one avenue or one normal job and expand them into real estate investments or, or other things like that? Just there's so much to business that's so cool that, and business is so cool. Yeah. And we just, you know, wanted to talk, just let you into our friend chat. 
yeah. today on what our goals are, what are what we want to move forward in the future, um, how we're trying to be smart with our finances and building silent wealth is a huge part of that. So hope yeah. that was entertaining, or entertaining or informational. But um, if you love this episode, please let us know. Please screenshot it and share it on your stories. We would love to hear um, just if this blew your mind, if you were like, what? I love it. Mm-hmm. So our handles are in the uh, show notes. You know them by now, like whatever. Unless Evie changed hers. And then I don't know. But but, uh, we can't wait. We will see you on the next episode. Come join our Heart and Hustle Facebook group also if you want to uh, give, you know, your opinion on future podcast episodes and connect with some rockin' rockin', uh, entrepreneurs. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next show.